0: On today's edition of Bench Bros, Zeke is planning a holdout with the Cowboys, Simmons gets a new contract, Djokovic wins Wimbledon, British Open preview, and recapping the biggest moments from this past sports year. All that and more on Bench Bros. Let's go!
1: Welcome to this edition of the Bench Pro Sports Podcast. I'm glad you could join us today as we we're a bunch of sports junkies debating about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm your host, Wesley Splain. Joining
0: me today is finally Anthony Frattini after a week vacation and Brandon Farrell. Guys, what's
2: happening?
1: Welcome back, guys. Anthony, welcome back from your golf trip. I hope all went well.
2: <laughs> Yo. I'm back from your bass here. fishing tournament. What is up?
1: Yeah,
2: I didn't catch anything that week, but it was worth a try.
1: You didn't even get bass.
2: I didn't get nothing. Caught nothing.
0: Caught a two hundred pound minnow. Hey, probably. Bud,
2: look, the way she goes. Yeah, the way she goes, bud.
1: <laughs> sometimes
0: she, she goes. goes sometimes she doesn't. Just
2: the way she goes. But, I mean, nothing else we can
0: really say. Well, we are exactly 50 days away from the start of the NFL season. And four teams have reported to camp. The Arizona Cardinals, the Baltimore Ravens, and Seattle Seahawks. All the rookies reported. And the Denver Broncos. Everyone reported for the Denver Broncos. So football is right around the corner. And football news is flying around all over, including Ezekiel Elliott is planning, according to multiple reports, holding out with the Cowboys if the Cowboys don't give him a contract extension. Cowboys are in kind of predicament. There's been talks of the Cowboys signing a long-term deal with Dak Prescott and then eventually Amari Cooper. But Ezekiel Elliott is one of those guys who is also due it for a contract. And right now he's taking the stand trying to hold out with the Cowboys. So – Anthony, I'm going to go to you since this is your former Ohio State Buckeye here. Uh, do you think Zeke taking the Le'Veon Bell approach is a smart thing for him, or is this going to affect the Cowboys
2: going forward? I think I, – I mean, why these guys hold out, honestly, is just, you know, either it's money reasons or whatever it be. Uh You know, you made it to the NFL, and I think a lot of players, that when they make it to the NFL, they think, like, okay, I'm here. Nobody has to tell me what to do. I don't have to do anything. I can do what I want. Um, And that it's my right to be here, and it's not a privilege. Now, a lot of players get that mixed up because they think they're irreplaceable. But, you know, I don't know. I love Zeke. I think he's a hell of a player. Um, He's definitely a good person. I mean, I've seen him do a lot of community service uh, off the field and whatnot through his Instagram and everything, but I don't know why he would hold out. And as far as it being a problem for the Cowboys, I definitely think it would be because he's, you know, their top running back, no no less the top running back in the league. So, um, you know, if he's going to hold out, it's definitely going to cause some problems, I think, and uh, shake up that Cowboy locker room a little bit.
0: Brandon, you got thoughts?
1: (laughs) I I was waiting for you to go. go. I was like waiting for somebody to talk. Um, I was waiting for you to go so you can go. I'll I'll speak last.
0: All right. Well, I don't know about your, uh, he's a good guy in community service. You know why he has to do that community service? Because he keeps getting in trouble off the field. And that's why the Cowboys are so hesitant to give him that long-term deal, man. He keeps getting in trouble. Like every single offseason there's something that happened with Ezekiel Elliott. And then of course, like the past two years, he's been suspended. So why would you put so much faith into and so much money into a guy who's probably not going to be there for a majority of your season and being a running back. You can easily place a running back in today's NFL league, but he is the heart and soul of that Cowboys offense. Now, do you give the money to Zeke or Dak is a whole nother topic that we'll probably get into later. But as of, as of right now, I, I think it could benefit Zeke because he's had a lot of mileage on his legs being in the NFL. He's led the league in rushing yards for like the past three years. He, he's had a lot of workload. Like I think he was above 300 attempts last year. So maybe missing training camp will benefit him when it comes to health-wise because he's, he's had a bit of an injury issue, too, with, like, I think he hurt his groin or something last year. um, Just had minor problems here and there. And from the cow- Cowboys' perspective, yeah, it would be nice to have him in training camp so that way all the other running backs that are also on the roster, they can learn from Ezekiel Elliott and see how, you know, how this guy works, how he sees the vision when it comes to a running back. What holes does he see and what's a back way to go across the lineman. You know, how does he uh, pass block and uh, pass protection schemes? But yeah, um, I mean, it'll benefit Zeke if he holds out, but I don't think he'll get his contract this year. I think it's more of a next year kind of thing. And also, it depends on what the Cowboys' priorities are. Are you going to pay Dak first? Or are you going to pay Zeke first? Are you going to pay Amari Cooper or are you going to pay James Smith first? They got a lot of uh, top guys on the roster that they have to give big contracts to it. Just depends on who you're going to give the biggest one to um, To Dak or Zeke those are going to be the biggest contracts.
2: I mean like like you said though. you're completely right? Um, you know the running backs definitely have a lot of wear on their bodies after a while, you know, hand on the ball run through all these people and get sacked, get, get get tackled or get tackled not back in tackle getting thrown around um, you know so it's smart on his end to hold out, but at the end of the day, the NFL, you know, uh, you know what to expect. It's uh, it's a it's drive grind, and if you want to stay at the top, then you got to do whatever you got to do to stay at that top level. Um, so I just hope that if he does hold out, he uses his time lightly and he doesn't make any you know, decisions. But you know, this isn't the first time we've seen somebody hold out, especially from the NFL, especially I mean from the uh, from training camp.
1: Yeah, this past few seasons, it's been, a, it's been a trend for holding out if you're a running back. Um, these guys want to get paid. I mean, if you want to hold out, you can hold out. I mean, you don't know how long you're going to be able to hold out for until you're just going to be without a job. Uh, I mean, I guess it paid off for Le'Veon Bell, but I think he's playing for a team he really doesn't want to play for. Uh, these guys are just going where the money's at now. Um, and as far as the Cowboys go, I mean, they're probably the wealthiest franchise in football. So if they're going to pay all their guys, I'm sure they'll be able to make it work somehow. But, uh, Wes, like you said, uh, he's not going to get his contract this season, maybe next season, maybe the season after that. But if he wants to hold out, let him hold out, man. The Cowboys have enough weapons on their offense to uh, to do without him for, for a while.
2: I think the only it's, thing with Zeke is he just knows Zeke is like on Bell at this point. They, they know their work. They know that no matter what, if they hold out, if they do this, they'll do that, somebody's going to pick them off. And it's sad because at the end of the day, it's a business. Man. Man. And these teams, you want to take some of the best players in the league and put them on their team, they don't care if they're domestic violence, if they're crying this. Like, you know, everybody gets over it after a while. I'm sure if Colin Kaepernick was a good enough quarterback that he could be a starter on his top teams. he'd be on that team right now. But, you know, there's not a lot of slots for quarterbacks. And you know there's a decent amount of quarterbacks in the league right now, and also going to be entering the league. So it just goes with knowing your worth, and you know, pretty much having a one hand up on the system.
0: It's different in the NFL when it comes to salary cap because it's uh all the teams have a hard cap, so they can't pay. Um, I, th- I think the number is like 190 or something, 190 or 210, one around there. So like, you got to fit everyone underneath that 210 mark. So gotta be balanced, and that two two ten is like the annual uh, salary per play. So it's not like in the NBA where it's like a soft cap, where like some teams can afford to pay more because they get luxury tax and they have the money to pay for it. So it's kind of a different scenario when it comes to the NFL. I think um, hockey's the same way too. Uh, it's just baseball and NBA have more flexibility when it comes to salary gap issues and salary management. So. I, I say give the money to Zeke, but it won't hurt. This ain't the first holdout that the Cowboys had. Uh, in, like, 1992, Emmitt Smith held out for two games, and that worked out pretty well for them. They went on to win the Super Bowl. But Emmitt Smith is not Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't think, you know, Cowboys' offense is that good that they can afford to lose Zeke right now. Right. I think it's more important for Dak Prescott to have Zeke in there so that way he has comfortability and those you know what Zeke's tendencies are before the season even starts, but well, I guess we'll just have to see. Especially with that hard division, you can't go without Ezekiel Elliott week one when you're going to go play against you know the Eagles twice a year, Redskins twice a year, and the uh, the poor Giants twice a year. So, uh,
2: yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it really—it's just a player, and like I said, I'm mean, Buckeyes is my life. That's my team, and. To see Zeke you know, just hold out. It's like you don't see Julio Jones, you know, sit, uh, holding out. And this is one of the best receivers to fly, play the game. Never saw Larry Fitzgerald hold out. So it's like at this point, you're kind of wondering, you know, how much do they really like the game? How much do they really care about other people and benefiting the team and not just looking out for themselves? Because it just looks like they just want money. Oh
0: come on, you know for NFL, especially for a running back, you got to get your big contract, man. You got you got to get paid, dude. Especially yeah. Zeke, who's been like carrying—he's pretty much been carrying the Cowboys' offense ever since he got there.
2: Yeah, no, I know that. I know that for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, like it comes. And I'm sure this
0: guy's likable in the locker room. Everyone loves him and everything. It's not saying anything about his character or anything. You see a lot of guys holding out for. uh for money and contracts, Julio Jones. Julio Jones, to your point—he came close to holding out, but he decided to come back after you know his bonus kicked in. He was like, "Okay, I'm fine." But if you're a star player in the NFL and you're on your rookie uh, contract, because Zeke is still on his rookie contract, and you're outperforming your rookie contract by any means, like get your money, dude. Like I'm sure they were talking about this all off season with the Cowboys negotiating and that. And right now, it's like. We're getting into like the first two weeks of training camp. That like star veterans don't even like show up sometimes the first like uh week or two weeks. Like Arodald held out last year and I think he's he's a very likable teammate. He did pretty well last year, so
2: I guess I guess it's this like we can only know so much what it's like to be in a player's shoes, but at the end of the day, like we really don't know what's going on. You know, they think about I mean, let's be let's for in Zeke's shoes, where he's on his rookie contract, he knows he's like leading the league with rushing yards for like back-to-back seasons. He's one of the best running backs. To he's play. a
0: running back, first of all, too. So like, you got a shorter shell life.
2: Yeah, exactly. The wear and tear of him getting beat up through the hole, but also like just put ourselves in his shoes, where you know you're gonna hold out if you don't think the team organization is kind of like respecting your 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 value, your worth. So at a point. I definitely could back him up, but then the other side of me thinks like, okay, well, like how much more money do you need? Like do you want to actually win a Super Bowl? Like some guys do, some, not all. Or do you want to collect that big paycheck and go home a loser?
0: I'm sure he because wants a Super Bowl. People. I'm sure he does. I Everyone mean, wants one.
2: How <laughs> many guys How many guys want the Super Bowl or how many guys want the money? It never seems like it's one the of ball, the
1: other If you're playing in the NFL and your goal is not to win a Super Bowl, why are you there? I get, you, and I, like, I look. I get you want to get paid, but there's guys that take pay cuts to go play with the Patriots and Tom Brady, New England, New England Patriots. There you go. So that should be your first mentality is, I want to win a Super Bowl, not I want to make dollars over the next six seasons because I'm a running back.
2: And that's where I go back yeah. on the character point. There's a lot of guys that don't give a shit about how much you are paid. They know the worst. Julian Edelman is a great receiver, small dude, and he makes a huge impact on the Patriots. And I don't know his salary or whatever, but I don't think he's getting $80 million over, you know, uh, six years. Uh, dude, American greed.
1: I'll tell you what, man, the Vikings lucked out with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, though. They got them for a steal.
2: Yeah.
0: You know who else got someone for a steal? <laughs> Odell Beckham is still getting paid by the Giants, and he's playing, being on uh, Cleveland's roster. So uh little punch man. to you, Brandon.
1: <laughs> punch to me because the Giants are stupid. Hey, Dolphins are going too. They
2: got Jarvis, and now they're both
1: out in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, they got Fitzmagic, though, so you guys are going to be fine this year.
1: You guys are golden this year, Ant. I think-
2: no, no, we're not.
1: I want to keep Ricky Williams back. We're not good. Under Fitzmagic.
0: Yeah, Dude, Fitz and your uh, Dolphins might uh push the over 16 record again.
1: Come on, Wes. You, you might have there. the
0: best defeated season of all time. You might. You might. Your Ohio State Buckeyes yeah. might be able to beat the Miami Dolphins.
2: Some college teams, I guarantee you, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, those teams could definitely stack up against uh, some of the worst NFL teams. Uh, hands down. I mean, you, especially with the coaching. The coaching I mean, everything.
1: Listen, even though you suck in the NFL, you're still superior to a college athlete.
2: That is but, true. That, that is very true. I mean, <laughs> the, NFL, the NFL is a different breed.
1: Sophomore, junior, senior. NFL, you're a grown ass man.
2: Yeah. Well, a lot of grown ass men are big wussies. So I never doubt. Like you, dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy. That's why you're sitting at home right now with ACL <laughs> ACL surgery, right? <laughs> dude,
0: you had an Achilles. You want to one up me or something? Yeah, boy. <laughs>
2: physical out here.
0: All right. Final point, though, because Dak is coming up on. Uh, contract extension too. So, like, I'll go by order. Who would
1: you pay more, Dak or Zeke? Zeke. (laughs) Zeke gets my money if I'm uh if I'm head of that office. Not Dak.
2: I definitely put my money on Dak because the quarterback he runs offense. You know, Zeke is a hell of a player. I want him on my team. But if I have a quarterback, he can't, you know, control the offense. How good is Zeke? Gonna be? How good is my running back going to be? How good is my receiver going to be? So I want to put the money towards my back.
1: Yeah, but if you not, to...
2: think, not that, I think that Dak is more deserving of it because Zeke has more value than Dak. So I wouldn't want to see Zeke go, but because you have to keep, you know, because if they want to keep Dak, then they have to pay him more.
1: I'd love to see Zeke go to a different team just so the Cowboys could suck and not have anybody good on their team. All right, all right, all right. I would pay – because the
0: you're right. The market is so high on quarterbacks to where you're probably paying like 30 mil. Above, you're going to have to pay above 30 mil to pay Dak Prescott. But, you know, like honestly, like – He's not a 30
1: mil quarterback.
0: Exactly. So, like, his best attribute is that he's one. Like he he has a great winning record when it comes to wins and losses, but there's nothing in his arm. Like his arm is like average at best. His playmaking ability, he misses a lot of big throws. Like there are a lot of open guys out in the field that you'll see that he'll just pass up on just to go for a little hook route on the sideline or or like a check down when you have a post route open over the top. Like, he, he misses a lot of those throws, and, like, to me, he's more of, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Alex Smith first started in San Francisco, he reminds me exactly of, like, Alex Smith when he was, like, a rookie to, like, his fifth year in San Francisco. Like a split image. Like, they don't let Dak do any, like, make any uh, big chances in the Cowboys' offense. It's either, like, all right, if your first read or second read is there, just throw it to see you. So that's why I think Zeke Elliott is important because he's been the heart and soul of the offense. And uh, I would pay Zeke more right now because I feel like if you, if you pay Zeke and then Dak Prescott, ha- Dak Prescott hasn't really impressed anybody, and yet he hasn't had any big receivers. So now you're going to have a Mari Cooper for another year. See what Dak's like with Amari Cooper. And if he doesn't perform, then he's trade bait. You could easily trade Dak Prescott to one of these uh, low standard teams like the New York Giants if they're in that hole. Or and the then Dolphins. you can get more assets. Or the Miami Dolphins and get another quarterback on that team. Like You could know, like, do so much things with like a quarterback on a rookie contract and get more assets that you need, maybe more offensive line depth or something, and then go draft like a big-time quarterback in the draft, especially this year, because there's going to be so many hot QBs coming out.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Wes. I think the money, like I said, if I had to choose, I would have to put the money towards Zeke because there's more value from him being one of the best running backs of the past two, three seasons. Clearly, he's been leading the league almost as much. Well, or the top three running back, and Dak. Same thing. There hasn't been a lot of chance for him to throw the deep ball. So you know, and how a lot of times where he misses some of his throws. And like you said, he wins, but, like, if it wasn't for Zeke and that offensive line, I don't think that they would, you know, even be any type of competition. So the money should go to Zeke, but if you want to keep Dak, then you got to pay Dak.
1: Yeah, but you could put any quarterback in front of Zeke and still have an effective offense.
0: Yeah. And Dak brings all that yogurt money, too, and the Campbell's chunking uh, chicken noodle soup and stuff. Like, he's got a lot of, like, sponsorship money, so – I feel like you see Dak Prescott everywhere on TV.
2: People but he's
0: not he's not Donovan McNabb Campbell's chunky. He's not that level.
2: Uh, those are the old He's gotta days. get there. Those were the old days.
0: Dude, I used to love seeing Donovan McNabb's mom on TV. It made yeah. me want to eat Campbell's chunky.
2: He had the best old school Campbell's chunky commercial. It was a perfect fit. Perfect fit.
0: Dude, it was even better when Donovan McNabb had the afro. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, y'all remember that?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild.
0: All right. Um, Trading camp is around the corner. The franchise tag tenders for people who are being franchise tagged to sign long term contracts has passed. One of those notable names is also Jadavion Clowney, who is on the fence of if he wants to hold out or not, but he's an outside linebacker. He's got that 16 to $18 million franchise tag. Uh, do you guys believe that he should? Um, try to hold out for um, just being on the franchise tag? Or do you think, you know, you got to sign that $16 $18 million, since you're an outside linebacker, and that's still a heck of a lot
1: of money? It's a heck of a lot of money for an outside linebacker, but we're talking about one of the players in the league. J.J. Uh, Watt together. I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to sign him. I wouldn't let him go. I wouldn't let him walk. Give him his money.
2: I mean, it seems like it seems like a recurring really, really thing where all these players want X amount of money, and if you don't give it to them, they're just gonna hold out. So I guess they just have to look at how much money they have to spend, and then if they're able to pay them, and they don't even want to do, just, just pay them if you think he's worth the well. Out.
0: Well, the Texans can't pay him because he they, he's on the franchise tag, and the the deadline to sign a long-term contract has was two days ago. So like. They can't do it. So he either has to sign a franchise tag or, you know, he, he, want, he either holds out and, you know, just waits. But he's on his first, first franchise tag. This ain't a Le'Veon Bell situation where he got tagged again for how, a second time. You know?
2: How long does the franchise tag last? Like?
0: It's a year. It's, a, it's just one year. And then, like, um, other teams have the ability, if they want to franchise tag a player again for a second time, they can't. That's what happened to Le'Veon Bell, and that's kind of what led to him holding out
2: last year. I thought franchise tagging was, like, longer. No, no, it's just one year. Okay. Huh, I don't know. I think franchise, I think, like, you know, your going to be with you for a while.
0: If I'm Javion, I'd probably sign, but, like, I, I hold out of camp. Why not? You're a veteran. You've been through that. You've already proven what you can't do so why why go through it again who knows
1: how much you want to play if you want to play then just take the franchise tag for the for the year if not hold out i mean that's really a personal preference on him anyway uh
0: ben simmons has agreed to a new contract five years 170 million dollars i am pretty sure he didn't have to make a jump shot in order to sign that because that's how stupid the 76ers are they should have made him do a three-point contest just to sign this contract. But they have agreed the terms. There has been no official signing yet. Uh, Brandon, this is your team. What do you think about Ben Simmons still not having the jump shot and the Sixers are still giving him this amount of money? I,
1: I don't know if he'll ever develop a jump shot. Uh, uh, there's no question Ben Simmons is a great talent. Uh, he's he's one of the best in the NBA. Uh, he, can, he can really run the floor at any point. Five, So, I have no problem with them giving with the Sixers signing him for, for this kind of money. Uh, he's, he's, just him and Joel Embiid are just, they're, they're, they're a powerhouse on the court. I mean, Joel Embiid could shoot the three. Simmons really doesn't have to. It's not necessary for him. Would I like to see him develop a jump shot? Of course. Will he ever? Maybe. I mean, if he wants to be great down the line when he develops his game. He, he, he should develop a jump shot and a three pointer. But I have a problem with them signing him for this amount of money. He's still young, and he's just a tremendous talent. So, I mean, if if the Sixers want to keep him and Embiid playing together for a long time, this is the right move.
0: Which I don't think they mesh at all. I don't think that combo meshes. Their style of play just doesn't mesh at all. But, yeah, I, I mean, if you have the money, go ahead and pay him. But I I think they just, like, jump the bolt, jump the gun a little bit. Uh, they pulled the trigger way too early. They could have, they could have used this money and signed, you know, um, some other big-time star. That if they got cut during the season, they could have gone ahead and signed him or done it like a sign and trade with uh, somebody else or even trade for somebody to fit under those cap rules. But I'm sure Rich Paul's uh, agent of Ben Simmons. I'm sure he kind of forced his hand a little bit to force the 76ers to do something. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's all about that jump shot. you got to get that jump shot. Now, whether this team is going to be good good with Simmons not developing a jump shot, I think they have to be – I think he has to have a jump shot in order for them to win the championship. But, you know, good for them that they locked him down for that many years. He is obviously one of the biggest franchise players. He's not not as big as Joel Embiid, though. I think he's, like, co-franchise
1: player. Well, I mean – Look at all these superstar teams that are getting put together now in the NBA, these, these duos. You could argue the same thing for each team. I mean, each team, each guy is a superstar in their own way, but who prevails as the superstar? Like uh, like Kawhi and Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea, and especially with the Eastern Conference being. Really tough. I guess it's good to have Simmons for, you know, those lengthy amount of years, but now if he doesn't develop a jump shot, now you're kinda of stuck with him if you're gonna to try to think about trading him.
1: I mean, that's why they add players and shooters around him. So I mean I'm not worried about his jump shot. I, I think they made the right move by signing him for that long, so he doesn't go elsewhere, being that we got rid of Jimmy. Oh. But now we have Tobias Harris, who could shoot.
0: You have Al Horford, who is a dominant player, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll be fine. We don't need him to develop anything other than his post play and him running the floor, as of yet. I mean, if well, he, he should, but I don't think he will.
0: And you have any put on the b-ball?
2: No, I got no input on that.
0: <laughs> no input on the b-ball whatsoever. Can you dribble a basketball?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Can, you, can you? I wanted. I, let's do this. Let's get Ben Simmons up to New Jersey and Tom's River and Ant's driveway and have a three-point contest with Anthony Frattini, who can't shoot against I Ben
2: Simmons, who also can't shoot, and he's an NBA player. I don't even. Have, <laughs> I don't have a basketball hoop anymore. Cut that shit oh, we out. can make it happen. Years ago. Oh, you're gonna ship one over here today, bud. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: All right, uh, that's enough basketball. We've hit basketball so many times on this show already. Uh, let's talk about college football. Um, SEC media day and Big 12 media days happened all the time, and uh, NCAA released their first uh, college football preseason rankings of the top 25. Anthony, you might be interested in this one. Clemson and Alabama are one and two. Uh, respect to both of those teams. Ohio State is at number three uh georgia's at four and five is oklahoma six is michigan seven is lsu eight is the florida gators nine is texas longhorns and ten is the Notre Dame fighting irish they have seven teams from the sec in the top 25 that is the most out of other um conferences and looking at these preseason rankings uh ohio state at three do you
2: think that's a right ranking for them they lost a lot of players dude dude they just committed. I think it was 12 of the out of 20 of the top recruits in the country between Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, Hartline, and I think Tom Herman. Between the three of those guys, they recruited 12. I don't quote me on this. I just think this is what I saw: 12 out of 20 of uh, four or five-star recruits. Now, if you're at Ohio State. You know your goal is to win a championship. That's it. Now, those words will never be said to win a championship, but you know in the back of your head that the goal is to win a championship. It's the same thing at Alabama, same thing at Clemson, the same thing at any one of these powerhouses. I have no doubt in my mind that Ryan Day will, will not be able to put together a championship team because Urban Meyer was able to do it. And Urban Meyer would not pass the whistle on somebody who could not perform just as well as him or better. And that's just a a fact. I mean, he said it, and I definitely believe 100% that Ohio State will come out as a top-five team. Now, Clemson being number one, I could definitely see that, of course. I mean, they won the national championship, and then Alabama – with set in second. Of course, as long as Nick Saban's going to be coaching, Alabama's going to be second. It doesn't matter if they lose every single player and they get high school uh, student athletes as uh, sophomores. It's Alabama, so we got our SEC top championship team. We got to put them at tip. But Texas Longhorns at at what nine? Yeah. No and Notre Dame was at 10. I think Notre Dame should shoot up in the Longhorns I don't think they should be ranked in the top ten. I haven't seen them do anything special last year besides – I think they had one breakout game, which I don't remember what it was. What, like the Longhorns? That, I think they had like one decent – one game that where they just like dominated. I think they were playing – the like Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Or Georgia, whatever it was. But I don't think they should be ranked <laughs> number, number nine. But I like the top, I like the top five of the Clemson, number one, sure, Alabama, two, Ohio State. Three was kind of surprising, but I don't have doubt with them. And four, you said, was who? Oklahoma? Five is Georgia?
0: Georgia's four, Oklahoma's five, which, yeah. come on, dude, Georgia should be three. Georgia should be, they returning pretty much everybody from that roster, except for, like, some defensive linemen and stuff. They're returning Jake Fromm. They're returning their coach. You know, I think they're in a better <laughs> scenario than Ohio State is when it comes to like who's coming back, all the veterans and everything um, like that. They got all the five-star guys. Um, Justin Fields, who was uh, at Georgia last year, he was like the number one recruit like uh, two years ago. He's at Ohio State, so he's transferring. He's got to learn a whole new scheme. Ryan Day's got to learn how to manage the locker room for a whole year. Which I don't think that'll be a problem for him because he's already did for three three straight games. But Georgia to me is just a better um, outlook than Ohio State is at this point because I I have more question marks about Ohio State than I do Georgia. I know Georgia is going to be probably undefeated until the SEC title game. That's how I'm confident how good
2: this Georgia team is going to be. I've been Ohio State fan since two thousand six, in thirteen years and they've never doubted me more. And I, yeah, I, yes, I,
0: they have
2: <laughs> I don't I stick with them no matter what the Penn State. I uh, they lost to Purdue on a miracle Like good for Purdue beating Ohio State because of that mechanic, the kid that they did that for but Taking down Michigan ever since Urban came to Ohio State. I mean this is just this is just their culture their tradition And I'm not doubting Georgia. I'm not doubting Oklahoma. These are good teams, but Ohio State Alabama, for a fact, they pride themselves on being the best team in the nation every year. Brandon, do you have any thoughts on the college football?
1: Uh, no, not on the preseason rankings because it's all bullshit anyway. <laughs> yes.
2: It's true, yeah. I want to say it really is. I mean, besides the top five and maybe some, some after that, the rest is just bullshit. I mean... That's why I only
0: mentioned the top 10. That's why I only mentioned the top 10.
2: TCU, like, comes out of nowhere. I don't know who the fuck knew? And then, like, next year, like, LSU will move up to 26. And then in this year, they'll come back and they'll be ranked in in four. And then Ohio State will be 10. And then Alabama will be number one and still be, like, lose, like, two games with math. But they'll still be number one because the... uh, You know the the committee.
1: I mean, things are going to be totally different come the season. There's going to be teams in there that weren't even anywhere near the top ten last year, just like it is every season. I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Auburn. Yes, I do think they're the best teams right now based on who they have and I mean who they play. Um, But everything else is bullshit. So,
0: although I do have like a couple rate, I know Aunt me and you texted about this, but I think. Texas A&M and Oregon are going to surprise a lot of people.
2: I think they're going to have great years. Oregon. Absolutely. I mean, Oregon, what they do over there with their um, – you know, Justin Herbert. Yeah. He's quarterback. But, um, you know, just what they do at Oregon, they run their system the same way as any of these other powerhouses do, and they have the funds to do it, so they're going to take advantage of it. They don't want any random – you know, coach coming in, not being able to, you know, take care of this team. And same thing, try to win a national championship, but those words have never been said. Just take care of your business every day, every Saturday that you go out there, whatever you're doing, and then just try to win, do Be your best to win. Yeah, you know, go through the ranks. And like Texas A&M, I think I don't know about Texas A&M, but Oregon, I'd like to move them up, and then wherever Michigan stands, obviously push them back. Uh, Shut up, dude. (laughs) Come on, you Ohio fuck guy. They're not even good, though. Like, honestly, they're not good at all. Like, they should be in the top 20. Like, place them, like, 15 to 20. Michigan's good.
0: Michigan has a lot of players coming back, too. Like, they lost some people on offense, but, like, they got majority of their offense (laughs) coming back. And, like, they got, like, a lot of good young guys on defense. They get some coming in, I'm Michigan hater. I know this. Penn State's going to suck this year. I know that for a
2: fact. I think you guys got a good coach. James Franklin's the man. I would take him on my team for sure if I was a coach. I think he's got what it takes. I think he is a little – I don't know if I want to say he's hot-headed. but He's He's not hot-headed. Come on. (laughs) I don't want to – what I'm saying is he kind of like – goes off path a little bit. Like, he does a really good job, and he kind of goes off path. When you're talking about uh, play calling,
0: yes, absolutely. I don't know what the hell that fourth and five was against Ohio State. Like, running the ball when there's seven people in the box, what the hell are you doing? But, you know, college football is around the corner. First game is Miami and Florida at Orlando. Brandon, are you going to attend? I will not. Brandon, who do you like in
1: college football? Rutgers? (laughs) Rutgers. I love I've die hard man Go Scarlet Go they gonna break out next 20 years they're gonna break out don't you worry
0: Dude I I watched this uh Rutgers game cuz it was on TV I was like how many people are in the stands There was like 50 people in the stands and they were playing Buffalo like that's how sad that program is
1: I'm actually yeah. I'm actually a US but they've been doing poorly
0: Wow. Uh, South Carolina or Southern California?
1: Southern California. Trojans.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, they got a shot of being good too because, like, it's a weak conference. Um,
1: yeah, but you don't want- Oregon
0: and Washington.
1: You don't want to dominate a weak conference. That doesn't make you good.
0: I mean, yeah, you're right. But it's still the same time. You get a BCS bull bid and then, like, people are going to be like, oh, well, they sh- should they be in the top four or –
1: I don't know. They got a lot of work to do. I mean, the only positive about USC is that they always have top, really good receivers every year, and their quarterbacks are usually pretty good. But coaching is questionable.
0: They got Will Ferrell on the sideline and Snoop Dogg, so they could be uh, assistant head coaches too. I mean,
2: that's. I mean, much better I-,
0: I would want Snoop Dogg on the as a head coach. Are you kidding me? He'd be like,
2: "Yo, I have the ball." Dude, he be- <laughs> Be a coach.
1: Your whole team would be stoned.
2: <laughs> and then you have Will
0: Ferrell just yelling at everybody,
1: come on, guys!
2: <laughs> will Ferrell could do a straight conditioning and then he would go and be the head coach.
1: Yeah, that would be a great team.
0: Will Ferrell <laughs> would be the one responsible for the juice boxes at uh end of every game, like like he wasn't kicking and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway so let's get off uh some uh minor topics uh i don't know if you guys watched but uh, Djokovic won the wimbledon uh men's singles championship in tennis i watched that match between him and nadal or not nadal him and uh federer like the last set because like i was it was sunday and i was just like yeah what else is going on and then like they were playing the fifth set and it was like a tiebreaker it was going on for like two hours and then uh One of the announcers was like, oh, by the way, these guys set a record for the longest tennis match. This has been going on for five hours. I was like, yo, what? Like, they were playing like they just started. Like, they were so fresh. I have, like, mad respect after seeing that from tennis players now. Like, they were, like, going 100% at, like, you know, hour five. It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, tennis is a tough sport. I watched – I didn't watch that match, but I watched a little bit of what was going on in tennis, and it, <laughs> I just thought to myself, "Damn, man, I could not play this script for as, long as it goes on. No way."
0: Like it, you can speak to this, like tennis. Like you have to be, re- like I get tired. I played a tennis match for, like one time, and I got tired after like 30, 40 minutes. You have to be really in
2: shape in order to go
0: five hours at full strength in tennis, dude. Like,
2: look, if you, if you, if you're playing tennis. For even three hours, right? Now you better have super strong knees, super strong hips, and super strong ankles. And you better be able to just constantly whack that racket around you At know.
0: 120
2: miles uh, an hour. Like you better be in the best shape. Your endurance is incredible. Number one, your endurance has to be like second to none. Your power output, even from a smaller player, to still be quick and then generate a lot of power, you have to be powerful. Like it's weird because like programming for a tennis player is like very strange because they're not big, but yet they're super powerful and they're able to like withstand like the amount of time that a marathon marathon runner like would do a triathlete. But yet you're playing like a sport that's like golf or like something where you're constantly hitting hitting the ball back and forth and just going side to side side to side side to side up and down and up and down back and forth the whole time you're just burning out your quads and burning out your hips and it's ridiculous you got to be in incredible shape for that
0: dude yeah and then like at the same time like i saw Djokovic, his hair gel was like spot on like it stayed perfect like my, my hair would just be droopy after like 15 minutes like i don't know how people do it like you know Bryce Bryce Harper looks like he just got out of the shower. Like sometimes it's ridiculous when it comes.
1: Yeah, to hair. that good hair gel boy.
0: Yeah, I gotta get that grease monkey hair gel that uh, some people wear. Um, all right. Uh, Sabrina or Serena Williams got swept at Wimbledon. So, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, the British Open is this weekend. So, um. Brooks Koepka, Tiger Woods, and all those boys are in Northern Ireland the first time in 140 years that it's being played in Ireland. Uh,
2: Interesting. Go on. Did you see – I don't know if you were going to mention this, but did you see that Tiger Woods reach out to Brooks Koepka on a practice round?
0: Yeah. you You know why, though?
2: Because his caddy
0: is like a member of the course, and he's been a member for like 30 years, which is like kind of ridiculous.
2: Tigers, Tigers, caddy, or Brooks? Brooks, Brooks
0: kept
2: caddy. Brooks. Brooks is caddy. Yeah, and Tiger reached out. This is on social media, obviously. Tiger reached out to Brooks, said, Hey dude, what's up? Like, can I play a practice round with you? <laughs> and Brooks didn't say anything back. I don't wanna. dude, I love Brooks. That's my favorite golfer. I love that he's a Floridian dude, big time baseball player. He could have probably went I think he played like college baseball and was like golf is so easy. I, I just rather go play golf, I think he said. And then he just won like a shit ton of money and was like, he's ranked number one in the country. And, dude, he's just awesome. He's great. I'm his favorite golfer. I just love how he told off Tiger Woods like that. Like, no you,
0: shame. You know, you know what he should have done? He should have been like, yeah, let's sell it on pay-per-view like you did with Phil Mickelson. <laughs> <laughs> like, he should have done, done. done that.
2: Follow Phil Mickelson on Instagram. He has the funniest videos. He, like, always is calling people out and stuff. And he's just – I don't know. He's just hilarious. I mean, and he's not young. He's, like, in his 50s, I feel like, in the late 40s.
0: Oh. oh, also, I don't know if you guys saw about Phil Mickelson, but, like, apparently he did eat for, like, six days straight because he had, like, a, such a bad performance at, like, one of these uh, golf tournaments that yeah. he was just like, yeah, I had to
2: punish myself so I can get ready for the Open. Like, yeah, he was, like – I saw that like he was like really down about the whole situation. He's like, "I gotta get better. I can't do this."
0: I would you? Hey, uh, Brandon, would you fast for six days?
1: Hell no! I would die. I would really die, no way, man.
0: dude. He he lost fifteen pounds, so good for him if he was trying to do that.
1: I can't even fast for twelve hours. It's it's shit hard, man. <laughs> dude, you're right.
0: I can't even fast for two minutes. So um, yeah, I think a dark horse for um. <laughs> I think it's our course for the British Open is uh, Rory McIlroy, who at 16 set the course record at that golf course for like 61 um, strokes. So, You know that he's, he's a hometown boy, so you gotta watch out for more Rory.
2: Are we gonna talk any hockey?
0: Uh, nothing happened in the hockey world that I can think of,
2: dude. You call your you call yourself a sports guy? Did, were you not listening to anything about Taylor Hall? Wait, who? Taylor Hall. No one got Taylor Hall. No, on the devil. You didn't hear any
0: news? Nah, man. It's been it's been dry when it comes to trade talks for him.
2: All right, I got you. So supposedly Taylor Hall wants to trade at New Jersey because he just wants to win, simply put. He doesn't care about money. Um, he pretty much said I didn't see they said that he tweeted or something. I didn't see any tweets, but they said that He's played. He goes, quote, "I played nine seasons in the NHL and I haven't won like one playoff game or something like that." Um, yeah, and no, played nine seasons in the NHL and only won one playoff game. So he's pretty much saying that he's like tired of being on a team that just doesn't win, doesn't put winning first, and then well, how well, how long has he been there? I don't know how long he's been there. I think it was with the Oilers, but he's played he's 27 and he played nine seasons. So that means he's played nine really- seasons, dude. It feels like he's only played like four. It feels like he's played two. To yeah. Be honest with you. Honestly. Honestly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. the devils are kind of stacked now, except for goalie. You gotta rely on Cordy Schneider. <laughs> yeah.
2: And McKenzie, or whatever that guy is. But um, I mean, you just picked up PK Subban. man. You pick up Jack Hughes, the number one kid from the US developmental team, and now they have interest in Dave Bacchus to add some experience on that team. They have like, they have Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons, like if you don't if you don't make it to the second round this year, New Jersey, you're disgrace.
0: I don't know, man. Okay. That that uh, Eastern Conference is pretty tough in hockey. You gotta be some really North good teams in order to get to the second round.
2: It's really tough, but at the same time, you gotta compete. I mean, you have all these guys now. You got It, it doesn't.
0: It doesn't help that like your goaltender allows nine goals against like the Philadelphia Flyers
2: one time. Like, no, you can't do that, dude. I don't know what game it was or whatever, but look, get it together. You're the NHL. It's like the same thing with any professional sport. You should not be standing around and questioning yourself like why things aren't working. You should already know what it takes to get to win games and. You know, whatever they're doing there, or they may not do, be doing anything. It may just be all the front office there making decisions, and then the coaching staff is like just screwing around and just, you know, not not taking care of business. Or maybe they just don't like playing in New Jersey. Who knows? Dude, keep them in New Jersey. Tickets are like ten bucks. I'll go to a game. Yeah, <laughs> the devil, the devil should definitely be a playoff team this year and if they're not then I don't know what to say I don't know much about their defense and their goaltending is not that good but they should at least make the playoffs this year the Lightning will be back the Blue Jackets will be back I don't the Flyers will be tough the Blue Jackets just lost everybody (laughs) I don't think they'll be back though with Torrance I think they'll definitely come back really I think they're done man I think they're outside looking in no. Dude, no Who, way. Even after the first round against the lightning, like, even though you've lost a couple of people, like there's still you it's lost
1: Panarin,
0: you lost Duchenne, you lost Wabrowski. Like, come on, dude.
2: Those are your three biggest pieces. <laughs> Who thought the Carolina Hurricanes were gonna make it this far? Who thought the blues were gonna come they back? They had pieces it?
0: though. Columbus is starting from basically scratch. What they they just signed Nylander and that was it? Who's their That's goaltender? That
2: doesn't matter if the NHL anybody can win. It's not like football.
0: All right, all right, all right. I'll let you win this one. We'll talk more about that when the hockey season comes over. All right, we're going to have a little fun now. Um, the ESPYs were last week, and uh, Team USA won uh, best team, the women's the women's soccer team, which
2: is well-deserving for them.
0: Uh, best male athlete, I can't remember. It was Giannis, so good, good for him. He had a breakout year. Uh, best woman athlete was a gymnast, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, gymnast. yeah some gymnast
0: that got like a perfect score or something like that. And then like the best moments were like Dwayne Wade, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Lindsey Vonn all retiring. And like, you know, best game was the Kansas City, Los Angeles uh, Rams game. So we're going to have fun. We're going to recap some of our best moments of the year um, from this time last year to this time this year. Uh, let me start with Ant. What do you think were what do you think was the best moment from the sports last year? All of sports.
2: I thought the whole um New Orleans St. pass interference or no, no no pass interference call thing was like the best best comeback moment one. Or or, or the or, nah, I like the Miami Miracle, but I don't think that was enough. I mean the blues were Oh that was yeah. good.
0: That was a great moment too.
2: That was a good moment, Miami Miracle, but at the same time I think I liked the whole the whole uh, New Orleans Saint situation there. Who were they playing again? Was it the Vikings or the, Fox- the Rams, or the Rams, dude? Or the Rams, yeah. That's right cuz it was the championship game. Yeah. it was it was definitely that game. I thought it was just, you know, not co- not a comeback moment but like a like a shocking moment.
0: Uh, Brandon, what do you think about it? What do you think? Do you think the best moment was uh, when OBJ got traded to uh, Cleveland?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I threw a party the next day because that was just, <laughs> for losing. That was a lot of fun. Brandon, that was a lot of fun. Uh, no, honestly, the best moment to me—I'm um, a big fan of when teams, good teams, and un- good teams lose and underdogs win. So my my favorite moment was college football when Clemson absolutely embarrassed Alabama to win the, the championship. They made Alabama look like they they shouldn't have been there. They had no business being there. Their defense just dominated them. And I think it's great when a good team, when a good team beats Alabama because I I never think that Alabama deserves to be number 1 all season because of the grade of player, a grade of teams that they play. So, my favorite moment was when Clemson embarrassed Alabama. Yeah. I,
2: like, now that you said that comes in college football, they, Clemson just killed them slowly in that game. That was the best thing. That's something that Nick Saban just could not take control of that, that game because they just killed them slowly. It's not like they were racking up points like crazy. So, like, they killed them slowly, and then before they knew it was, like, whatever, it like was 40 to 14 at the end of the game. So forty four, whatever, forty eight, whatever this forty seven, whatever the score was, but they definitely scored in the forties and you know, Alabama took a big hit. That was a, that was a really good game. There's nothing better than seeing Alabama really struggle. It's like you said Brandon teams, teams like Florida, A and M and these things that they literally they paid these teams to come in to win. Yep.
0: I think like that. Um, when Nick Saban was at SEC Media Day, he said that beating, like, he had to step back and do a reset, but that's how bad Clemson beat Alabama in that national championship. Now, now, granted, it was close in the first half. It was like 26-26 under in the third quarter, and then Clemson just steams just rolls them into the fourth. Like, you know, I that I think that – game alone is why Bama is going to be so dominant this year that Nick Saban is going to get all his guys focused and they're just going to roll over everybody. And I that would be my uh, college football title pick right now just based on, you know, the, you'd never see the Tide get that dominated in a bigger stage than the national championship stage against a team that they have been battling year after year for that title in Clemson. They're pretty familiar with Clemson, so you should be able to make it a close game, but they just got dominated. And I think that's why Bama is
1: going to have a major bounce back this year.
2: Hats off to Dabo Sweeney. That guy's a hell of a coach.
1: I mean, the first time Clemson beat him, it was close. But, I I mean, Bama got destroyed the next time they met. So, I I mean, Nick Saban can do what he wants, but it's the mentality of his guys. He's coaching young guys and – We'll see what happens, man. I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to agree with you that they're going to win it all this year, because there are teams better than Alabama, and that's been proven. So we'll see what happens.
0: It's fair, but like I feel like Nick Saban is going to get like he's going to get his the mental side of it this year. Like they got talent, and you're right, but I feel like he's going to make those plays so focused just because of that beating. Like if if he doesn't show that tape when they enter training camp which is in, like, two weeks because college football starts later uh, for training camp for, um, you know, NCAA rule purposes. I feel like he's going to show that whole game and just, like, be so motivated and make sure his players are always tuned in and detailed and, like, zoned into everything because, like, he doesn't want that to happen again. Are you kidding?
2: It was surprising, too, because Alvin is known to have a really good defense every year. And Trevor Lawrence just, like, Jordan Lawrence made it seem like they had no defense at all. He was just And thrilled. that kid's a that kid was a freshman. freshman. <laughs> Dude, he was just throwing like receptions after receptions. I think he well had well over three hundred yards, and I think he had like three touchdowns in the last two. And he I don't think he threw one pick. I don't know how many times he got sacked. I don't think he got sacked often at all. I think he may have got sacked like once. They they just played great. They just Clemson just played great. They just I think what it truly comes down to is, like, in, in big-time games, you show up, you, you feel it inside, and then you show up, and you win. There's sometimes and you then, just then you just throw like, up. Yeah. If you're Alabama, you will. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, let me say my big moments because I haven't said those yet. Um, I, I can't believe you didn't say this, Dan. I was going to go with the biggest, like, I have two. So the biggest, like, moment throughout the whole day was Tiger Tiger Woods winning the Masters.
2: Well, yeah, that was definitely a big one. What about Kyle bush winning Pokemon 400? We don't talk about that.
0: <laughs> but, no, I, I was going to say, like, because it was something seeing, like, Tiger back in the league at the Masters. It was just, like, a different energy. And, like, you just saw all the golfers just, like, shaking their boots that were around them and just, like, crumble and then, like, Seeing the reign of Tiger Woods coming back—that was truly awesome. Uh, the Miami Miracle was great, but I think the best play was the um, was when Kawhi Leonard had the the bounce five times into the basket. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brandon, because it's your 76ers, but dude, like you could hear a pen drop in that crowd when that ball was still rattling around the basket. Like that, was I, I can't good. even remember that. Like that was awesome. That was yeah.
2: insane to watch. Yeah. That was a really cool moment, honestly. I was watching that game, too. And I, I, I honestly, West, I'm going to say it. The, the whole Ohio State Penn State game, 39 38, that was a great game. That was like. Oh, my time. God. No. That was probably the worst. Okay. So the worst call of the season was that fourth and five call. Like, that was the
0: worst call. It <laughs> and was like four. the whole freaking sports season, dude. I can't believe you run it down the middle when there's seven people in the box and you're expecting a first down. I don't
2: know, it is. That's James Franklin. What? Oh my gosh! I, I I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that. It was a great game, though. Honestly, even if Ohio, Ohio State lost by point, I still say it was a great game. Oh, yeah, it was a good game, but still, it's going for me. I'm gonna remember that fourth and five
0: call. <laughs> I'll never get over that call. Like that call was one of the worst. Like terrible. All right. Well. Uh, I think it's at that point of the broadcast, so that is all the time we have for today. Uh, We thank you for joining us, and if you have any suggestions for us going forward, uh, give us a message, leave us a comment. We have a Facebook and Twitter page. Make sure you go like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are available on Spotify. We're available on SoundCloud, and uh, make sure you go listen to those podcasts. We're also available on Anchor, so we we publish all the Anchor streams, so make sure you click on those and give us some feedback and uh, I also got to do some uh, cleanup work because the there was a question of the week last week it was which duo do you prefer in LA and 60% preferred AD and LeBron over Kawhi and Paul George so um there's gonna be no question this week because there's really not. or actually there is gonna be a question I just thought of it it was at the top of the uh, podcast so If you're the Cowboys, who would you pay? Would you pay Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott? Make sure you guys go vote on the poll poll on Facebook. Give us your thoughts. Leave comments. If you want to start a discussion in the comment section, feel free to do so. Uh, We'll do those every single week. And like I said, we're available on Spotify. You can find us at Bench Bros. Just search up. You can look at all the podcasts that we have available there. So uh, follow us on Twitter at BroBench. Again, uh, thank you for listening. Any last thoughts before um, Anthony goes Kentucky Speedway
2: action?
1: Uh, yeah, if you like it, share it. That's it. Let's
2: go, baby. Bye, Ant,
1: go ahead. Go. Oh, come on, dude. Get let's out go. of here. Thank you.
2: Thank
1: you, Anthony. Thank you.
2: 39, 38, baby. Yeah, this let's go. To see you yeah. All
0: right.
2: He just tore his Achilles doing that. <laughs> yeah, 20, funny, boy. Because I was actually sitting down. I mean, you could. Fucking guy! All right, go on. Talk about the Bush melee. All right, boy, I didn't know anything about this this week. What? Hold on. No NASCAR news. I don't know. I don't have much on this thing. I'm trying to look up standings right now because I do Dude, know. dude, you missed the biggest uh, final lap between the Bush brothers. Well, Kurt Bush won. I saw that.
0: It was a battle on the last lap. I yeah. saw I saw that.
2: That was crazy. My dad had a big reaction for it. For Kurt Bush to win is like surprising, honestly. Because like the guy never wins, but friggin', I'm like every single week, dude. Every single week, Kyle Bush. But this week, baby, we're in Kentucky. We're going on at three o'clock. Let's fucking go, boys. Apologies for the the foul language. What? baby?
0: What you got? I got a uh, Danny Amendola. He's gonna jump in the
2: car. I definitely think that he's he Joey Logano this week, baby. I'm just going with him. He's leading in the standings right now. Second place, we got my man Caboose. Caboose. Wait, place, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't even think you knew
0: who I said at first. Did you hear what I who I said?
2: Danny Amendola. Yeah, dude, he's gonna he's gonna oh, come yeah, in, the,
0: in the Miami Dolphins race car and yeah. win at New Hampshire. The only way <laughs> yeah. that the Dolphins will have all season.
2: <laughs> hey, true facts, honestly. Eli Manning may be there too. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: for the first time though, who you got?
0: Uh, do you think uh, Saquon Barkley can lift the NASCAR and like run with it, and like he'll probably win?
1: Uh, yeah, I think you can do that, no problem. Honestly. <laughs> I, does that when he wakes up in the morning? <laughs>
2: Dude, Saquon Saquon probably can lift up a NASCAR with like no engine in it. I don't know if you guys remember. You remember the old
0: fantasy football commercials where they will have like people just doing insane things? They should bring those back and have just like Saquon just like carry like the Empire State Building and be like, Yeah, draft me on your fantasy team.
2: Wait, dude, are you surprised that Joey Legano is, like, leading the standings right now?
0: Nah, he sucked dick to get there, so, like, he's fine.
2: Nah, dude, you actually have to really win. Like, this guy – well, Kyle Bush has the most wins, but if we're talking about top ten places, Joey Legano is one of the best ones to do it. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, uh, byron last week at Quaker State – Quaker whatever it was there. Quaker State, I think it was. He played um first place or no. Wait, did he play first place? Who was it? it was, oh no, no Kurt Bush did. No, I'm talking, the week before he plays second place, that's what it was. Kurt Bush was the other week and then Kyle Bush was the there falling behind.
0: All right. Uh well, that's Anthony Vertini going on NASCAR. So uh, that's going to do it for us. And I'm Wesley Splane. You can find me on Twitter at Splaney on Instagram at Wesley touchdown um, Thank you for listening this week. Uh, make sure you uh, come in next week. We're going to have more football news. We're going to have football galore uh, the next coming months. We're, we're so excited for football season to come around.
2: We really are.
0: So uh, we're going to do that. I want to give a shout-out to um, my good buddy Chip, who um, uh, Melancholy Trails to him. Passed away. Uh, Sunday, he was a big time Bronco fan. So, like, we always talk about the Broncos and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just uh, it's unfortunate. So, dedicate this podcast to him. So, uh, make sure you guys follow us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter. And we out.